0: This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 1-1 one one Clothing Company making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at line one, one clothing on Instagram. And last but not least Monzingo knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo knives and get your American made Monzingo knife today. Hey guys, welcome to the show up dad. This podcast is created for hardworking fathers at the show up dad. We recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important, but when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers. They can transform and impact future generations. Today's guest is Brian Ward. He is a husband and proud father of two sons. He is a Marine Corps veteran and spent the last 20 years as a championship basketball coach. Brian is currently the creator and host of a top-rated podcast called the Dad Up Podcast. Over the past two and a half years, Brian has been focusing on helping dads become the best dad they can be for their families. Brian has coached countless fathers on learning tools and strategies in parenting. He has also been featured on television, radio, and newspapers. Brian is currently working on his first book, Dad Up, and hopes it will serve as a useful tool for any parent. Brian and his wife, Andrea, reside in California with their two sons, Blake and Brett. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me, David. I appreciate it, man. I've, I've been excited for this. I've been looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Uh, Brian, like always, I like to have you open up with telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your backstory, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm um, Southern California, uh, I I'm was I'm born and raised in California grew up in California my whole life. Um, You know, when I was a kid, I had I had two parents that are still married to this day. Um, As a matter of fact, this June, they'll be going on 50 years of marriage. And, uh, you know, honestly, um, as as much as they loved me and loved my sister, uh, my parents weren't really involved in my life as far as, uh, you know, sports and the things that I did outside of school, Um, not uh, not because they didn't want to. It was more because they were you know, they they had they had jobs to do. They had they had to work so they couldn't always be there for us. And uh, I mean, I can count on one hand how many sporting events my parents actually came to because they had to work. They couldn't show up. And um, so for me, you know, it that as a child, that hit me, um, that affected me and impacted my life. And I knew that when I got older and got married and started having kids, that I was going to be a dad that was always there. And that was just always important to me. So um, fast forward a bit, I graduated from high school, went into the Marine Corps, spent four years in the Marines. um, And uh, that's where I met my wife. She was not in the military, but uh, I met her when I was about a year left in the military. And um, within a few years, we were married, Mm -hmm. had our our first kid a couple years later. And then uh, here we are. I mean, we've been married for this June will be 25 years. And I have two boys, as you said, uh, 23 and 20. Um, one of my oldest is uh, now graduated from college and working a corporate sales job and my youngest is in college right now as a sophomore and um, yeah just doing whatever i can as a father to show up for them be there for them as much as possible through their lives i i mean i can i can say that i can, i can count on one hand how many times i wasn't able to be at something of theirs whether it was a um, sporting event or a parent-teacher conference or a performance at the school, whatever it was. Um, I was always, always active in their lives. And, and as they got older, I saw this transition to where I was such this active, involved dad that now that they were older and essentially adults, my youngest was about to graduate high school. And I've, it started to hit me that I was going to be kind of done as a dad you know, my my father role was kind of over. I had raised, my wife and I had raised these two men to be productive, independent young men. And I felt like what's next. And as, as you know, even though our dad role never really ends, we're still a parent to them, even when they're adults, we're still their parent. But uh, I just felt like I need something more. I felt like I had to find a way that I can continue to impact uh, whether it's my kids or other kids' lives. And Um, I was talking to a family member and he had said, said, why don't you, why don't you look at starting a podcast and, and talking to dads about their journey as a father and hopes that it impacts other dads. So yeah, two and a half years ago, I started the podcast, had not a clue what I was doing. Um, just kind of started it up. Uh, and I've had, I've had a ton of celebrities, pro athletes, entrepreneurs on my show, pastors on my show, just kind of talking about their dad experiences and uh it's been great it's been a been a phenomenal journey because i've been you know featured in news articles i've been on radio um i was i was interviewed by cnn uh for a fathers day clip for them um and it's just it's just catapulted from there so it's just been a really cool journey and i've got uh you know about 130 episodes in the books and um still continuing to this day
0: well thank you once again uh you know uh, just for you doing what you're doing i mean I'll- your heart is towards fathers and without you, you know what I mean? So many fathers would be lost. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're, you're a mentor, you're a leader, you know what I mean? You have that influence over people and just being able to give back to the community that that's, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, seriously, you know, you took an end of a chapter and then you went into another chapter in your life Yeah, you know, to, to yeah. be a mentor. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Like, you know, I coached every single one of the sports that they played from, you know, basketball, football, soccer, I'm not soccer. I actually did not coach soccer. I should say that. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. My son, my older son played one year of soccer and I hadn't a clue what I was doing. So Hmm. I I just let the other guys, the other coaches handle it. Um, So I did not coach soccer, but I have football, baseball, basketball, um, I coached. And you know what, honestly, when both my boys were out of high school, I still continued to coach at the high school level. Um, I was coaching high school varsity basketball. So, and um, just this last month, I actually retired from coaching permanently um, just because I felt like God was calling me in other directions. So I'm no longer a sports coach, but um, I'm happy to say that I'm no longer a sports coach. I've been doing it for 20 years and I felt it was time to of move on from that and um yeah i mean listen as dads i wanted to kind of change that stigma of you know dads are really just the babysitter um i really wanted to kind of impact dad's lives in a way to show them hey you can be successful in the business that you're doing and still be a successful father you don't have to be classified as you know the babysitter um so that's kind of the journey that i've been on and it's been uh it's been rewarding to say the least
0: no i bet i bet um Brian, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked a little bit about your father and how your mother and them, they were always at work, right? How was your relationship? Like how, looking back, how was your relationship with them and how did that affect you into your relationship with your kids?
1: Yeah. Um, That's a good question. You know, it's funny. I just had um, a couple of weeks back, I had uh, my dad, my own dad on my show. Mm -hmm. And I was really nervous to do that, that interview because, Um, I still have a relationship with my father, I could still call him and ask him things talk to him about stuff. But we don't have a real true connection that I think a father and son should have. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just because of the um, kind of that disconnect that we had as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that when I was interviewing him, um, some of the stories that he told me about his childhood, and the things that he went through as a child with his own dad, um, stories that I had never heard of. Uh, but he, he kind of had the same, he was kind of the same way with his own dad. He was disconnected from his own father and, um, you know, that, that impacted him to this day. It's funny. He got emotional on my show about how much it impacted him because he was a very good baseball player. Um, he was one of the top in, in the state uh, as far as pitchers go mm-hmm. and his, his dad wasn't in the stands to watch him and that impacted him and he got emotional on my show. So as far as our relationship now, um, mm-hmm. w- our relationship now is good. I, I, I don't want to say it's great. Uh, there's some things we got to work on, But in my interview with him, I really felt like it helped us reconnect, which Mm -hmm. was really cool. Um, And as a child, like I said, it impacted me. I tell parents this all the time. It impacted me as a child, not seeing my parents in the stands. And you got to remember as parents, when your kids are playing sports and they're at practice or games, um, when they're out there on the field or on the court, they don't care about all those other people in the stands. They just want to see you there. They just mm-hmm. want to see their family there watching them. That, is such, um, that has such a huge impact on them. And when you're not there in the stands watching them, cheering for them, um, that hits. It hurts. And it hits them really hard. And uh, they remember those things. So I think as parents, I know that parents can't always make all the sporting events. I know that parents can't always make the different functions that their kids are doing outside of school. I get that. They have jobs they have to do but do everything in your power to get there at least a few times. So you can say, Hey, I'm, I'm here watching you. I'm here cheering for you as much as possible because it does, it does impact them.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that too, is just having your priorities in alignment, right? No. Oh, yeah. I always look at it as you're going to make time for what is important to you, you know? So if spending time with your homies after work, drinking and stuff like that, if you put that above going to your child's soccer game, then chances are your priorities are out of whack or necessarily your child's game isn't as important as hanging out with your homies. You know what I mean? That's something that you need to look at and, and do that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And make that decision, you know?
1: Yeah. You have, you have to find a way to sacrifice. You have to find a way to uh, adjust your schedule. And for mm-hmm. me, you know, I, as I said, I coached uh, all the all the sports that my kids played through high school. And even as a coach, there were times where there was games that we had to go to that were earlier in the in the day. Mm-hmm. And I used to sacrifice I work a corporate job. So I used to sacrifice by getting up and being in the office at four o'clock in the morning, just so I could leave at two o'clock so I could make sure that I'm at the game. And obviously, I'm the coach, I got to be there. But that's how much of a sacrifice I made to make sure that I was present and so whatever you have to do to adjust your schedule to find that there's no such thing as finding balance but to try to find that balance as much as possible by adjusting your schedule and putting your priorities in place um, will go a long ways with your kids
0: Mm -hmm. I like that you said that there's there's no such thing as balance because there isn't um Mm -mm. I I I try to find it no um what I try to do is just be there present, be present, be in the moment. Um, we have a saying in our trade is be where your feet are. Okay. And that's being intentional. That's being that intentional father. And when you're with your kids, be with your kids, get off that damn phone. Right. right. <laughs> you know, if you're at work, pay attention, be at work, leave your work life at home. Cause you're going to get hurt or get somebody else hurt. You know um, the trade that we're in, is one of the most dangerous or I shouldn't say dangerous hazardous jobs in the world. Okay. Um, So when you're not clipped in, as we call it, then your mind is focused on your home, your wife, your children, whatever. You know what I mean? You're not going to be intentional at your work as well. And you're going to get somebody hurt and you might not come home. You know? Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Brian, how did he, interact with your mother and how did that affect you? Cause I know sometimes from what I've read and what I've seen, even with my children, right. Our kids are going to mimic how we, with their spouse, how they saw us interact. Right. right. So what did you see with your father and what did you take away?
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We talk about this a lot, but more is caught than taught. And I think for mm. kids in particular, um, you know, they, they see everything that's going on, regardless of their age, whether they're one or 21, they see all the things that, that are going on within the home and how you interact with your spouse,
0: mm-hmm. whether, it's,
1: whether it's the husband or the wife, how you interact with your spouse. Um, with my own parents, there was a lot of love in our home. Um, I will say that my, as, as much as my parents couldn't be around for me, um, my parents always told me they loved me. They always, they always showed that love towards me. Um, and that's one thing that I took away from them is that I'm always gonna show my kids that I love them, tell them that I love them and show them that I love them. Um, so that's one thing they did for me. Um, as far as their um, relationship, I mean, shoot, they're going on strong. They're gonna be 50 years married this June. So um, that tells you something about their relationship right there. I mean, trust me, there's, there's just like there isn't any household. There's, there's gonna be those rocky times, those tough times. Um, But my parents were not really good about um, not displaying frustration to each other in front of the kids. They were not good about that. They always made, I mean, there was always times that they had these arguments or these disputes and they were in front of my sister and I. And, um, that's something that, that's something that is carried on as you get older, you got to remember those things that when you're interacting with your spouse, um, if, if it's going to get heated, you got to learn to separate the kids from that situation because, uh, you know, for my wife and I, you know, we've messed up along the years, but, um, there are times when we talk and we say, listen, let's table this for a later time or later this evening when we're not around the kids. um, and we can talk about it. Um, so as parents, you got to remember that because as I said, in the beginning, more is caught than taught.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Definitely. That's something I, I also got to work on too, is separating those kids and protecting them, you now for stuff that they don't need to see, you know, cause you're absolutely right. Marriage is based on tension. Okay. And the way I look at it now is that it's tension, like, you know, two, op- two opposing forces, right. Pulling in the opposite directions. Okay. And now you guys are going to get into it with each other, right? So that tension is also designed to strengthen you just like a bridge, right? Like a tension bridge. Okay. And if you can work through it, you guys are gonna be stronger than ever. And That's what I try to keep in my mind is to, um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, you talked about how your father, how he didn't have that connection with his dad, right? How he, You know, and then you even seeing, you know, how you made the connection with that and you were intentional with your own kids and going to their games, right? Now, connection, I had a guest on here earlier today and he talked about being grounded and being grounded is, you know, knowing your identity. And I think a lot of times as fathers, we don't know our own identity, right? We don't know who we are supposed to be. So then we can't even make that good connection with our own family, because we're kind of lost too. And we're kind of looking to find out who we are in this world, you know? And I think that's what plagues a lot of fathers these days, you know, they're still trying to figure out themselves. You know? Yeah.
1: I think that um, that is a, that is a, a tough thing to overcome for dads, mm-hmm. but listen, if you have kids, if you are a father, um, that's who you are. You're a dad, you're a father. Mm-hmm. If you're having if you're struggling with figuring out who you are, if you have kids, you're a dad. If you're if you have a wife or a husband, you're you're you know, you're that you're that like for me I'm the husband of my of my wife, right? So I, there's no there's no figuring out what my identity is, but one thing that I will tell dads is that if you're struggling with trying to figure out your true identity, I would say reach out to mentors, reach out to people that you care about. I would I would recommend outside of your own family. Mm-hmm. Reach out to outside people that you know and trust um, that can mentor you and help you figure out what, what it, who you are. Um, for me, in particular, I've had I have um, like companies have board of directors, right? That run mm-hmm. that the board of directors are really the the guys that get together and keep the company running, right? Mm-hmm. They make all the they make all the tough decisions. Well, I kind of put that together and kind of leaked it up to my own life. I said, well, if companies can have board of directors to help keep the company afloat and help keep the company going strong, why can't we as dads have board of directors for our own lives? And for me, I've had a board of directors that reports to me uh, for the last few years. And these guys, there's eight of them. These guys, they're all in different areas. They, they focus on all in different areas. So I got a financial planner on my board. I got a guy who's really big in faith. I got several guys who are entrepreneurs. I got guys that are really focused on their marriage. So these guys all have kind of all this all this kind of um, different categories of life. Mm-hmm. And I meet with them uh, every other month and we do a Zoom call. And on that Zoom call, I have, I have an agenda that I wanna go through. And these guys are to give me input, they're to provide me advice, they're to provide me guidance on what I should do, what I need to work on going forward. And um, it's been really cool. It's been really uh, enlightening. And um, on top of that, I had these guys, I mean, I went a step further, I had these guys sign contracts, sign personal contracts to be on my board. Listen, you're committing to this, this is what you're going to do for me. Uh, over the, you know, being on my board for the next year. This is what you're going to do for me. And this is what I promised to do for you. And and they had to sign that contract and I had to sign that contract. So um, I, I take it very seriously. So like I said, we meet once every other month and we go through an agenda. I talk about the things that I've messed up on. I talk about the things I didn't get done that mm-hmm. I wanted to get done. And I talk about things that I want to do going forward. And they provide me all the input and advice that I need. And I don't have, I don't have family members on my board, because I know family members will just tell me what I want to hear instead of what I need to hear. These guys all give me their true, honest opinion, and whether mm-hmm. it's good or bad, they give me their true, honest opinion. Um, so it's been really uh, cool. So I would recommend that if, you know, if dads, you don't have a, a, a board of directors, get one, I call it, you know, my Podcast is, is dad up. I call the board of directors, my man up tribe. That's, mm-hmm. who, that's who they are. They're my man up tribe board of directors. So um, it's been really cool.
0: Yeah. So definitely surround yourself with that accountability group. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, and I think that that's, that's, that's awesome. I think that more men should be doing that. Um, what have you seen that? Wh- why is there a tendency that men don't want to do that? Like, is it shame or what do you feel like ego ego? It's ego.
1: Yeah. I think it's ego. I think it's, uh, I can figure it out on my own, um, Mm -hmm. that kind of mentality and, um, guys need to kind of put the ego aside and Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, look, I ain't got all the answers. I can't figure all this stuff out. I can't figure, you know, so I don't have all the answers. So I need guys that, that can help me figure out what those answers are. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think it's really comes down to ego, put the ego aside, stop being so, so macho, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to Come down to earth and say, hey, you know what? I need help in these areas. And you know what? That board of directors may even help you discover who you are if you're lost in who you need to be, you know, who you want to be. Mm-hmm. If you can't figure that out, get a group of guys, like you said, a group of guys that, that hold you accountable to figure that stuff out um, and put the ego aside. I messed up. I, I can't figure this out. I need help. I need help in this area, in this area, in this area. I need you guys to hold me accountable to this. And they do. I, I get, ra- I get razzed by them all the time on, on our little group, on our little group messaging. They, they, they check in with me periodically. Uh, Cause like I said, we meet every other month. So they check in with me periodically over, uh, throughout the time, uh, throughout the months that uh, we're not meeting. So. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's good to see too, that there's a level of trust there, you know, without that trust, you won't be able to be so uh, transparent and, and sharing these personal things a lot of times. Right. And I think that's what happens with men is, there's not a, a what I like to call a safe space where you can actually go to a person and be like, hey, man, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with these bouts of depression or, hey, man, my wife, you know, is cheating on me or, hey, man, you know, my, my daughter's really bad on drugs or whatever it may be. Right. You got to have that level of trust. So find somebody who you can trust. Right. And a lot of times those people who you talk to. They're going to let you know their character. Okay, so if this person's gossiping about every single person that comes around, then obviously that's not a person you could trust with personal stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. kind of common sense, you know. But find those people, find that accountability group, find that person that you can trust that you can really let know. And you know, and just you know, small, small steps, you know, trust them with the little things, you know what I mean, and see if they give you good advice, you know what I mean, certain stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hard, yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> you know,
1: it, it is. I mean, we have to, uh, like I said, we have to put the ego aside and, and find the guys that are really going to be that you can lean on in those tough times, not just in the good times, but in the tough times, you got to find the guys that you can really lean on. And, you know, I vetted these guys. I've, I've I, I'll be honest, there's only one of them in the group that I've met in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest I haven't met, they're all over the country. So a couple of them are in Canada. So I've just met them all through our social media interaction um, but you know, I vetted them all. I had a, I had a list of about 25 guys that I was thinking about putting on my board. And I went through that list and kind of narrowed it down and I got down to these final eight. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been cool.
0: And that that's awesome to hear that. Um, I wanted to go into this transition topic with you being that you're a coach and stuff like that, Brian. Um, one of the things I always hear fathers talking about is how other fathers live by curiously through their, their kids, you know what I mean? in, in their coaching realm and stuff like that, you know, through sports. Okay. And a lot of these fathers are just really, really super critical on their kids. What have Mm -hmm. you seen being a coach and a father to that degree?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that can go in all kinds of different directions, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think for me as you know, I had a rule for my boys, my wife and I, I should say, my wife and I had rules for our boys. Listen, we want you guys to do something outside of school. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be something else, but we want you to have some sort of extracurricular activity and we're going to support you in it. My boys just happen to gravitate towards sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started coaching them, I was very fearful of the fact that, hey, I have my own son on my team and not showing favoritism. So I had to learn that very early that I was not going to show favoritism towards my own kid because he was on my team. Um, And I held my kids accountable uh, to that. Uh, There were times, even at the high school level, when I was coaching games and uh, the other coach and I were kind of talking about who to put in the lineup uh, to start the game. We had a game, I'll give you an example. We had a game that we were we had this particular lineup in, they were playing really well. They were holding their own against this other team. And then at halftime, the other coach comes over to me and goes, who should we start in the second half? And I'm like, you need to go with that team that we just had on the court before halftime. Cause they were, they were holding their own. Well, my son wasn't in that group. He just wasn't having a great game that day. So he wasn't in that group and he was okay with that. He knew that I, my job as a coach, not his dad, I'm not his dad. I'm when I'm on the court. So, um, When we would, uh, you know, uh, during, so during practices, during games, I was the coach. My boys understood that, they respected that. They didn't call me dad, they called me coach. When we got in the car, it was a whole nother, you know, the dad hat went back on, right? So now I'm the dad. Um, And I could give them feedback, I can give them advice or my opinion, but um, I was never, I was hard on my kids in sports, but I was hard on them from a coaching side, not because I was their dad. and I think that, um, you know, for coaches that have kids on their team, their own kids on their team, um, I, I think you need to be careful with that, uh, just because if, if you are pushing them too hard, you're going to force them to resent not only the sport, but you're going to force them to resent you. And the, they're, ultimately, they may not become a professional athlete, um, and to live vicariously through them Um, chances are they're not going to become a professional athlete. So just let them enjoy themselves, let them learn the sport, let them develop their skills, let them, you know, uh, make connections with other kids um, and enjoy it. Uh, But make sure that your connection with your kid is still strong enough that when they do stop playing ball, that um, your relationship is not impacted. Your relationship is still strong. Um, so for me, it was, uh, my boys never, I never, we never had that disconnection. They mm-hmm. trusted me as their coach. They trusted me as their dad. And those are two separate jobs that I had. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I've, I've coached, uh, many a players and I've, I've coached against many coaches that were super hard on their kids. Uh, that it, it just, it, it really left me feeling bad for the, for the child because I knew what was coming. Uh, when they start to hit those teenage years and they start doing other things or they start resenting their, their dad even more, um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a road you don't want to go down. So if you're a coach or if you're a parent and you have your kid on the team, cheer them on, be there to support. Um, don't beat them up over something they did wrong. Provide guidance, provide, uh, you provide your input, provide your feedback, but don't be critical. Mm. Try not to be critical um, because that can really, uh, that can really impact a child.
0: Absolutely. And just to hit on that point that you talked about being critical, I had a friend whose daughter, um, tremendous athlete, tremendous swimmer. Um, The guy had his own issues growing up and uh, he carried it on to his daughter to where he was hypercritical, I would say, to where this daughter thought she could never live up to his expectations. Mm -hmm. And there was tremendous, tremendous fallout from that to where he's trying to get, gain her relationship now. You know, Mm -hmm. she, she made some choices in life as an adult that were not the best. And now she's having to live with that. You know what I mean? And I hope to God, he gets his stuff squared away. You know what I mean? And he starts seeing where he contributed to that you know what i mean because a lot of a lot of times fathers you know for whatever reason don't want to admit to their own downfall they don't want to admit that they had some sort of contributing factor to the outcome right Mm -hmm. and i think it takes a big man to be like hey man i was wrong this is how i contributed to this let me build that relationship let me work on that relationship let me show her love or him love right yeah um I also seen too, and I want to share, I shared this on another podcast that I had where I was a wrestler. Okay. Um, I'd wrestled since I was six years old. Okay. We went all over the place. We were on club teams and everything. And uh, I remember getting beat by this one kid. I mean, this guy was a five-time state champ. That means he was wrestling since seventh grade varsity, right? Or, or eighth grade varsity. Anyhow, guy was like a legend. He smoked me. Okay. whatever. I went outside to get some air, changed my singlet because I had scored a point on him. His dad, who was also his coach, had him outside in the back by the neck and was socking him in the stomach because I scored a point on him. And I saw that my eyes caught his dad, my eyes caught his. He was embarrassed. Total shame, right? And I was embarrassed and I had shame just to see what I had just witnessed. And I turned around and a about face and went back inside. You know what I mean? And that image stuck with me to this day. You know what I mean? It was awful. I mean, this guy wound up, you know, getting a full ride scholarship, going to some major school and he started parting and gained like 75 pounds overweight, never wrestled in college because, you know, he's burnt out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right when you're too critical and you push your kids too hard in the wrong direction. Yeah, and you're absolutely going to push them to something that you don't want to see. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a bad thing. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting. I, I had uh, my older son at the time was, he was playing baseball and mm-hmm. we, we were a huge, uh, he was probably, uh, I think he was about nine, 10 mm-hmm. years old and we were a huge baseball family. Um, we were, you know, I was the coach. We had practices three nights a week. We had games every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were always at the ball field and, um, we were sitting in the car one day when we were getting ready to leave to come home. And I don't remember if it was after practice or after a game. And he said, uh, he goes, dad, um, I want to tell you something. And I said, yeah, sure. What's up. And he goes, well, I just, before I tell you, I I want to ask, I I just want to ask that you not be mad. Mm -hmm. And I go, not be mad. What, what'd you do? What happened? You know, what's going on? And he goes, no, I just need you to know that. I don't want you to be mad at me. Um, but, uh, I don't want to play baseball anymore. And I went, huh? Okay. Uh, that's fine. And he goes, well, he goes, you're not mad. And I go, no, I'm not mad, but, uh, why don't you want to play anymore? Cause you're pretty decent. Why don't you want to play? He goes, I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like it. It's too boring to me. He was playing basketball too. And, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, I just, I'm just not into it. And I said, okay. I go, well, you got to do something. What do you want to do? And he goes, I just want to focus on basketball. That's all I want to do. I just want to focus on basketball. And I said, all right, cool. Well, we had we had one rule in our home that if you started something, you finished it. Hmm. So if you were in the middle of a season, you had to finish the season. Uh, and I told him, I said, well, you do know you you do have to finish the season. Uh, we can't quit in the middle of the season. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, I know I'm going to finish the season, but I just don't want to play after this season. And I said, all right, cool. If you just want to focus on, he's like, you're not mad. I'm like, no. If you, if you don't want to play baseball, I don't want to force you to play baseball. Mm -hmm. If if you don't like it, then what's the point of having you out there? So you you want to focus on basketball? Cool. Then we'll go all in on basketball. I'm good with that. And that was that That, he never picked up another after that Mm -hmm. season. He never picked up another bat again and just focused on basketball. Um, So it's, it's one of those, it's, it it was, you know, I see too many dads, like you said, too many dads that just push their kids to do something because they love it. Mm -hmm. They love the feeling. And I witnessed that so many times in other dads that I knew uh, that I coached around that were constantly pushing their kids in this particular sport. And I knew that by the time that they were, you know, 13, 14 years old, they were going to be burned out on it because they were pushed so hard to play. They were constantly like they'd leave school and they'd go to practice or they'd go to a trainer Or they'd go to their club game, whatever it was. And then, you know, baseball, they're at different tournaments all weekend. So Saturday, there's a tournament. Sunday, there's a tournament. Sometimes Monday, there's a tournament. And it was just nonstop. And I never wanted that for my kids unless unless they wanted it. You know, so for my son, you know, he just didn't want to play baseball anymore. And I was good with that. I, I didn't want to push my kids to do something that they didn't want to do. But I wanted them to do something. That was our only rule. You need to do something. Outside of school, you need to do something. So,
0: hmm. I thought it was, uh, you know, what I picked up on what you're saying is how your kid, right? He was afraid to let you down. Why is it that children think that they're letting us down?
1: Well, I mean, we're their biggest, we're their hero, we're their, we're their role okay. model for them, right? They, they look mm-hmm. up to us for everything. They look up to us for everything, and they're always afraid to let you down. They're always afraid to disappoint you, and. Listen, I tell my kids when, you know, I made plenty of mistakes as a dad. Trust me, I made plenty of mistakes. But there are many times that my kids messed up. And I said, listen, I'm not mad. I'm not going to say I'm not disappointed. I'm disappointed Mm -hmm. in the decision that you made. But the one thing that you always get from me is I'm always going to be on your team. I'm always going to be your biggest supporter. Mm -hmm. So if you've messed up, yeah, I'm going to be disappointed in you but I'm going to do everything in my power not to be angry. I'll do everything in my power to support you and move past it, help you move past it. So that was my focus as a dad. And like I said, there's plenty of times, I mean, I'm sure my boys can tell you, there were plenty of times that I made mistakes that I messed up, but that goes, that goes along the lines of also saying, Hey, when you're a dad, admit that you made a mistake, admit that you messed up. Don't be afraid to do that. You know, your kids look up to you. As I said before, more is caught than taught. So the fact that you're acknowledging that you as a a grown adult can make mistakes and mess up and own it, that goes a long way with our kids. It goes a long way. And um, it it just, it will help build that bond and that connection with them even more. So yes, I made mistakes as a dad and there were plenty of things that I wish I could take back and do over. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is, I always wanted my kids to know that from, you know, my door is always open for them. Right. I don't want them to ever be afraid to tell me anything, anything at all.
0: Mm, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Having those open lines of communication. Um, I see that even now with my own teenage daughter to where she comes to me and asks me what I think about certain boys that she may have an interest in, <laughs> you know, and dude, prior to the last three years of me just putting in the work that would have never happened Mm. and I'm thankful I am I'm thankful that she comes to me and sees my opinion so highly you know and um, I'm able to let her know hey what do you think what do you like about this guy you know and just asking those those questions you know what attracts you to this person you know does he treat you well and I try to really highlight the positive things you know like him being protective or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's important as a father to be, have that connection to be able to do that, right?
1: Yeah, you definitely have to have those open lines of communication. I think um, for me, uh, you know, as a dad, I always wanted to make sure that I listened more than I talked. Sometimes, you know, my, my older son now is 23 years old and, and he'll tell me stuff, uh, but I don't know if he's asking for my advice or if he just wants me to listen. So, you know, asking them, Hey, do you want my input here? Or do you want me to just hear you out and just, mm. hear, just let you vent? You know what I mean? So I think it's important to know the difference uh, in those two things as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, talking about your coaching. Okay. Cause yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Uh, coaching fathers, coaching our children, uh, coaching other our other kids in sports. Right. Um, I want to, Read a quote to you from Eric Parsegian, okay? He said, a good coach will make players see what they can be rather than what they are. Mm. And I highly agree with that. Some of the best leaders I've ever been around with were people who took people who were probably not the ones anybody wanted to pick on their crew or on their team. And they saw the value in, they saw that what they're good at and they concentrated on building those people up in that area and they let them run with it. You know what I mean? And I think that's important as a leader, as fathers, you know, for us to see that within our children as well, you know?
1: Yeah. I think it, it goes with um, trusting our kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing as a coach, trusting our players. Um, as a coach, I'm going to push my players to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I can tell as a coach, if I'm getting everything out of you that I need to get out of you or not. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not getting what I need out of you, I'm going to continue pushing you. Now, does that mean me being hard on you? Maybe Mm -hmm. it may require that, but it doesn't mean I doesn't, I don't love them any less. And it's same thing with our kids. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm pushing you to do something that to be the best that you can be as, as a, as a young man for my own Mm -hmm. boys, I'm going to push them to be the best that they can be as, a, as young men. But am I going to be hard on them? I might at, at some point, but I'm never going to push them to the point where they're going to start even doubting themselves even more, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of back to that being critical thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great quote because uh, as coaches, we want to push our players to be the best that they can be. And we know that there's they're capable of so much more that they may not even realize it right Mm -hmm. um so we have to do everything we can to get the best out of them and um hey maybe the sport that they're playing isn't the sport for them Mm. but we're going to do everything in our power to make sure we get the best out of them until they determine whether or not they want to continue playing or not you know
0: yeah yeah for sure um a part of that too is like having respect from them right how do you gain respect from those that are underneath well i don't want to say underneath you but that you are in leadership over. You know what I mean? Like how do you gain the respect and keep the respect, especially with teenagers and stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm never going to put a player in harm's way. I'm always going to ask a player to do something that I know that they're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to ask a player to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Um, when it comes to playing sports, you have to know the difference of, um, you got to know the difference in your players and their, their talent level, their Mm -hmm. experience, and you got to put them in a position that they're going to succeed and help them through that. I think um, open communication is important as coaches and as parents, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about communication uh, a lot already, but having that level of open communication with our players and our kids is super important. Um, Always critiquing, but not being critical is another, another area. I'm never going to be critical of my player. going to critique and tell them how to improve same thing with my kids i'm going to critique them and tell them how they can get a little bit better or what they need to work on to get a little bit better i'm going to do the same with my with my players so those those two areas are super important that's how you gain respect um you know i think for me as a coach i'm one of the most fiery coaches out there i'm very competitive i want to win but you know what i tell my players after every game or before every game i tell my players I don't care about the wins or the losses. All I care about is that you give 100% of your effort and you play the very best that you can play. And if you do that and we lose, I'm still happy. Mm -hmm. I'm still a happy coach. And I'll be proud of how well you guys did. Uh, If we win, that's just icing on the cake, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's the same thing as a parent. Um, Regardless of if you mess up or not, if you're trying to be your best that you can be, then I'm I'm gonna support you every which way I can. Everything mm. that I do, everything that's in
0: me, it will be there to support you. So, hmm. And that's good because I think that's what children need nowadays. They need that support. They need that guidance. Um, now, being said with that, have you recognized when a father is not involved in some of these children's lives that you're coaching?
1: Oh, yeah. I see it all the time. I mean, there's, there's, there's been players on my teams of parents that I've never met. Mm. Uh, and I, and I have a, I don't want to say I have a soft spot for them, but I know exactly what they're going through because, you know, I went through that kind of experience as a child myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of parents that I never even met and it hurts me because they're missing out. Um, they're missing out on that opportunity to really connect and, and cheer on, cheer their kid on and really uh, gain that bond and, and build that bond with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, it, it happens a lot. And listen, this isn't, a, this isn't to knock on parents that can't be there. I understand parents have jobs. Sometimes games are early. Sometimes practices are early. Um, I understand it. But you have to, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode, you have to be able to try to make sacrifices and put your priorities in place mm-hmm. to where you can be there as much as possible. When I first started coaching, um, I had a corporate job. When I first started coaching, I knew that if my job told me listen, Brian, I understand you want to be there for your kid and and go to the practices and go to the games. You want to coach and all that, but you can't do that. We need you here. We need you here at the job. And uh, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to miss out on on that kind of stuff. Uh, I would have found a new job, David. I Mm -hmm. I would have found a new job. It just wasn't, my job was not that important to me. My kids were. Um, So I would have made it, I would have found a different job. And fortunately for me, I've been at the same company for 25 years. Fortunately for me, um, my company has been very, very, uh, flexible in letting me do what I need to do, but I've made the sacrifices to do it showing up at the office at four o'clock in the morning. So I can make sure that I was at games or practices. Uh, I made those sacrifices. Um, my wife went through went, my wife went through a health scare, uh, several years back where she couldn't drive a car. So I had to be that, you know, I had to be her, you know, person to drive her around. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, there were many, plenty of times where she had to go to doctor's appointments and stuff. And I had to leave work early to take her to her doctor's appointments, but I used to go in early so I could leave early. So I had to make those adjustments in my schedule and make that a priority while still maintaining the balance and, and, and my career.
0: You know, and it's a lot of hard work. I think uh, a lot of times people don't realize the work that we have to do to set our children up for success. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I seen a picture of a father one time and it always sticks in my head and it's a picture of Atlas, right? We've all seen that Atlas Mm -hmm. where there's this man holding this huge globe on his back, right. Or whatever it is. And he's just bent over slumped, holding it on his shoulders. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think a lot of times that's how fathers feel. You know what I mean? We're trying to hold everything together.
1: Well, that that's the thing though. You don't have to feel that way, mm-hmm. and I think that goes along the lines of having a support system in place to help you. Don't yes. be afraid to ask for help if you're if you're stuck somewhere. That's why I have the board of directors, my own board of directors, because I can't, I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I need help. And um, trying to do it all yourself is is never going to work out for anybody. You're gonna you're gonna mess up in one area or two areas. You're gonna mess up in multiple areas if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You can't do it all. So I think that that's important with our spouses. My my wife and I have, have you know, a uh, relationship to where, hey, I can't do this here. We need to figure another plan out or, or you're going to have to handle it. It's just, it has to go that way. You can't do it all yourself. You'll kill yourself doing that.
0: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. You will. I mean, you'll <laughs> burning the candle at both ends there, you know. Um, one of the things I always recognize, even with my coaches, right? is that uh, growing up I always gravitated or drifted towards people that I was lacking in my own father uh, with from my own father I always gravitated to these tough guy coaches like I remember having a specific football coach who was a contractor by day right but he was a hell of a football coach tough guy rugged um he had always these great sayings you know he'd always talk about you know like say for instance when we're checking somebody at the line or whatever he'd be like all oh, he'd grab you he'd be like David or you know my my first name is Francisco so he'd be like Francisco he'd be like just think about the guy and 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 think about if he stole your bike what are you gonna do you're gonna punch him right in the nose right <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean and he'd be like do the same thing and check him you know what I mean so I I always saw those guys and I still remember them and I, I recognize them and I gravitated towards them. Another mentor of mine was a boxing coach. He was a professional boxer. He actually fought Sugar Ray Leonard and a couple other guys like Bobby Chez and stuff. Anyhow, he, uh, I had gotten stabbed one time when I was younger, I was in high school. I got stabbed by a, an adult man and, uh, he came to me and he's like, Oh, you got stabbed, huh? I was like, yeah. And he's like, so did I. And he showed me where he had been stabbed in a, a restaurant, right? Cause he was a professional boxer and the guy wanted to try him out he's like oh we're gonna teach you how to defend yourself he's like don't worry and he winked at me you know what i mean and i I just guys like that we i I tended to gravitate towards you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just the real macho guys with what i'm trying to get at coach is do you see a hunger for for male uh teenagers drifting towards this this male mentorship Do do you see that a lot of times
1: well, I mean, it can happen, yes, um, and I think it really comes down to what their own family life is like. As you said, you you mm-hmm. drifted toward those guys because you didn't really have that as a as a father figure in your life that that was that way. Um, so I think for young young men, it could be young men, women too. They drift towards towards people that uh, um, that they found were lacking in their areas. They grew up right, mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, yeah. Uh, Young men do that in particular, just to try to find out, discover who they are and they may be missing something. They may be lacking in an area and they want, they want to be stronger in that area. And, and for you it was it was those rugged coaches. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it happens for sure.
0: I wanted to read you this quote. Okay. Tommy Lasorda. Okay. We all know who he is, right? Okay. Managing is like holding a dove in your hand, squeeze too hard and you kill it not hard enough and it flies away with that being said coach what advice can you share with our audience to help fathers be better leaders in their home
1: Uh, well the first thing I'm going to tell you as fathers as I said before you need to know that you can't do it all right Uh, Mm -hmm. we talked about that before you can't do it all you have to be willing to uh, to uh, relinquish some of the stress of trying to figure out how to do it all Um, the other thing that I would tell dads is um, you have to make sure that you're not giving a hundred, give a hundred percent to your job, mm-hmm. but give a hundred percent to your family as well. You can't come home from work and be so drained that there's nothing left in the fuel tank for your family, because your family's relying on you. When you come home, they want to see you. They want to hear how your day was. They want to hang out with you. They want your kids want to do stuff with you. You need to make sure that you have enough energy in the tank to do stuff for, uh, with your family. The third thing that I would say is for dads in particular, need to find what I call your me time. And me time, meaning what am I going to do to kind of help uh, refuel my tank or uh, re-energize myself? For me, I like to go for runs. Sometimes I'm having a stressed out day. I come home from work and I'm just, I'm not feeling it. My wife say, you know what? You need to go for a run just to kind of re-energize myself. Um, so you need to find that me time. It could be something as simple as reading a book. It could be journaling could be listening to some music, could be out in the garage doing some, doing some work or something, just find something to help you just kind of refuel uh, your tank. Mm. Um, So find, find that time. Everybody needs it. Men and women, everybody needs that little, uh, that little separation, that little me time from, from everything to just kind of get refocused in, in your own life. So yeah, those are the three things.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach, for coming on here and just sharing with our audience all your wonderful uh, tactics that you have for us to be better, more engaged fathers. Um, I appreciate you joining this uh, community that we have to ignite the fire for father engagement and to let fathers know that they are more than just a paycheck. How could uh, our fathers reach out to you if they have any questions or anything like that? Can you share with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, let me just say, uh, Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate uh, you doing that. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. Keep it up because uh, you know what? The, people could see us as competitors in the, in the father industry. And, and we're really not. We're, we're, no. we're united as one for a common purpose. And the more that we have doing it, the better that our kids will be and our families will be. So thank you for, uh, for not only our friendship, but uh, the things that you're doing and keep doing what you're doing as far as um, where people can find me, I'm all over social media. You can find me at data podcast on Instagram. Um, you can find me under my name on uh, Facebook, but I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok. I'm on all those different places. Uh, my website, my website is data tribe.com. You can find me there. Um, but yeah, reach out to me, send me messages. Uh, I, I respond to them all. So um, yeah. And then obviously my podcast, I'm on, I'm on all the places you can find my podcast Everywhere you can get it uh, and, and on YouTube as well. So
0: once again, Brian, thank you once again, for just coming on here and just being that data. We appreciate you brother. And thank you for all the great insight. Take care, brother.
1: Thank you very much, David.